The Word of God that forms the basis of our meditation today is taken from Luke chapter 2. We begin reading at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we always know that when we gather together in your name, whenever your word is read or spoken or preached, you are there. For you are Emmanuel, the word made flesh, dwelling amongst us. And on any other day, but Christmas, we see that so clearly. Help us, Father, today as we hear again the story of his birth to, again, experience the true gift of joy and peace that your word gives to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It seems that the Christmas we dream about always seems to be better than the one we've experienced. I don't know if that's you this morning. Um, One of the difficulties, again, I've said this before, is that when you deal with very familiar Bible passages, sometimes it's hard to find something in the familiarity that is inspirational or helpful. And it is needed, especially at this time of the year, in a world that doesn't celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. It's not that they don't celebrate. But if Christ is not in Christmas, Christmas is really about you. And if Christmas is about me, or Christmas is about me buying presents for children, which, by the way, isn't that awesome? That is so cool. But if that's all it is, what happens after they're open and they've moved on? All this wonderful excitement about pulling the wrapping paper off, seeing it for the first time, saying, thank you. Now what? What's left? Is it any wonder that when you get to the end of the day, there are people who are at the end of their rope? You know, sooner or later, Christmas, as a distraction, just doesn't satisfy anymore. Now, when the kids were small, oh my goodness, that went for a while. But the kids are gone at our house. We're having Christmas in any way we can get it. If that's all it is, what's left for me the rest of the year? Because the rest of the year is long. It gets cold out there. It's lonely. If all I had was this 
make-believe distraction about joy and peace, what do I do the rest of the year when it seems that there's not a lot of joy and peace out there? So we want to peek back into this manger scene experience. It's warm in there. We know we should get choked up about it, at least I think. But why would we? We've been here before. What's the new message? What's the new hope? Is there something here for me today? Is there, is there something more for me today? I'm just looking for a sign that I really matter. Just looking for a sign. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the manger. That's what the angel told them. When you find that sign, then you will know you're in the right place. But the right place for what? Imagine, if you will, you've seen this message again and again. What if today, as we look at it from a different perspective, there's actually something in there that blesses us, not only today, but in the days to come? So, think about it this way. What if the sign was you will find a baby lying in an offering plate? Pretty straightforward there. Oh, there's the baby swaddling clothes in the offering plate. I know what's next. I, too, must give an offering. Right? That's what it's about. Or the sign for you, you will find some work clothes and a mop. Okay, that's the sign. There they are. Well, let's grab them and get to work. Pretty clear, isn't it? When you change what the sign is, we know what the sign would mean to us. We would know what it's for. But that's not the sign. What's the sign? It's a manger. It's a baby wrapped in strips of linen in a manger. What's a manger? It's a feed box, right? And basically, what does the feed box demand of you? Nothing. A manger is a place to get fed. Who's laying in the manger? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ the Lord is in the feed box. And guess where? The city of Bethlehem. Oops. And what does Bethlehem mean? House of bread. Amazing. The Christ child, the sign, is in a manger, a place where we are fed in a town that means house of bread. Now, that's a sign, if you think about it. And yet we can look right at that sign again and again and still not really see it. Isaiah the prophet hit it when he quotes God, the ox knows its owner, the donkey its master, master's crib, but my people don't understand. Is it fair to say that logging any number of Christmas messages or experiences under your belt, do you still hear words and yet you still miss the point of how it matters in your daily life, not just on Christmas Day, but throughout your 
whole life, not just the coming year, your whole life, however long that will go and however long it's been. Christ is the answer. He is the sign for us. What happens to us after we put Christmas away? After we move on from the baby Jesus? What goes on in our minds? We hear the word from John. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In the weeks to come, do we change the wording here to something more like God saying, I love you, but he actually means shape up. Get your life in order. Do what I tell you to do. That's what I want from you. If you think about it, what a terrible way of thinking. It's actually a sin. Probably the worst sin of all. Probably the great tool of Satan himself that wants to drive a wedge between us and our Savior. To take the Lord Jesus Christ, God's love, and say, now you must do. Robs Christmas of all its meaning. In fact, it robs the Christian life of all the power and all the peace that God gave when he sent his son Jesus as our Savior. Let me put it this way. Imagine you're driving down the road and there's a friend of yours, a good friend. Their car's broken down. What do you do? Well, if you're paying attention and you recognize them, I would hope you'd stop. Why? You want to help. What can I do for my friend? Now imagine getting out of the car and they say to you, what do you want? And you say, what? And they say, no, I, I, I mean it. You stop because you want something from me. What are you really after? That doesn't make any sense at all. It's a weird sort of way to think, kind of sickly thinking. But let's be frank, we do that with God all the time. Maybe part of the reason is because we haven't really looked at him and called him and experienced him as our friend for a while. We kind of go in spurts. We have the great celebrations, we feel close, and yet then we get into the day-to-day -day stuff and we put him on a shelf as if he doesn't apply. It's, after all, it's only January 20th. What special happened to Jesus on that day? And how does that apply to me? If we're not in the Word, how does God continue to feed us? Sometimes I think we feel a little bit like guests at Christmas time. We look into the stable, we see what's going on, and we say to ourselves, okay, there's something going on there. I got to find something to bring so I can be welcomed at this wonderful event that's going on. Maybe we search the record of our mind for something good that we can give him. But if we're honest, I think in this gathering anyway, um, we give up on that pretty soon because we don't have anything like that to give. So we try to get warm by cozying up to our lies that we tell ourselves. We try to fill the hunger or spiritual need with sins that we know are sins. 
next Christmas we get here, we look at the manger again, and what? We're still hungry. We haven't been fed. Once again, what's in it for me? What do you need? What do you want? I'm spitballing here. Well, for openers, could you use something huge to be happy about today? Well, being God's friend would be a good, huge thing. You could certainly use some way to leave your past behind. That would be helpful, wouldn't it? Maybe you could use somebody to carry some of your past sins that plague your conscience and allow you to ultimately find some peace, some rest in your brain. Maybe you really need someone to take the load off your back so you can stand straight with a clean slate and always having to second-guess yourself. That's all gone. It's been taken away. What if you had the thought of what goes around comes around? How about when my time comes next time, somebody else volunteers to take it for me? How about somebody else watching their life running out and away from them instead of just me? How about somebody else seeing the dark closing in, the cold getting colder? What if somebody else's family member would die this time? instead of mine how about somebody dying for me after all what's the purpose of my life why not just get it over let it die it'd be finished and i could just live and live and not have to worry about it anymore well if those are your questions you're actually in the right place this is a sign for you you'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger those strips of cloth are what I remember growing up as swaddling clothes. Do you remember that? Swaddling a baby. Have you ever seen that happen where you had the newborns and you put them in their blankets so tight that they can't move? They're like a, a little mummy. Yeah, so their arms and legs, they, they stay straight and then they feel not only a sense of warmth, but they feel a sense of protection. That's the sign of everything you need. And that's actually what you've been given. You remember the story of Joseph of Arimathea after Jesus died? Joseph went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He took it down from the cross and he wrapped it in linen cloth and laid him, not in a manger, laid him in a tomb. I look in at the stable I look in from the cold and I say, oh, Jesus, I'm dying out here. And you know what he says? He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people. Look at me, my love. I'm the one wearing the grave clothes. Jesus wore those linen cloths because we needed some way to leave the past behind we needed somebody who would take our sin off our back and carry it for us. We needed someone who would volunteer to take what we had coming and make us friends with God. 
someone who would go into the cold, someone who would go into the dark, someone who would die, someone to get buried for us so that we could live and live forever. We needed something huge to be happy about. And so he came. It's a presence. And it's even been unwrapped for you. Jesus, in swaddling clothes, didn't stay in the manger. He was a sign of the one who was come, sent by God, sent to all people to save them from their sins. We get to Easter morning, and we see ourselves at the empty tomb. John tells us that he outruns Peter and reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in there, he sees what? Linen cloths lying there. He's not swaddled anymore. He has been set free. He has accomplished for us what he came to do, and that was to pay the price for our sins and restore our relationship with our Father in heaven. The angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you uh, good news of great joy that will be for all people. A Savior has been born for you. A Savior has died for you. A Savior has risen for you. He is the Christ. He's the Lord. He's in the manger, but he doesn't stay there. That was just the sign of what was to come. Suddenly with the angel was a great company of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God on high and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Among people today, men, women, and children, every sinner out there lives in cold. But the message of the Savior who dies for people who haven't been good. We have a song about a Savior who comes back from the dead for people who are worth the world to him. So we never again have to be on the outside looking in at a baby wrapped in strips of cloth lying in the manger. All we need to do is look at the sign. God with us. Emmanuel. You're in the right place. If you're hungry, come home. Communion on Christmas Day. Take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. Christ comes to you personally to let you know that you're not alone. To let you know that even if you haven't been what you think you should have been, he has been everything for you. Don't I have to do something? Don't I have to offer something back? To think that way is to take away from who Jesus really is. Do we have a loving response? I hope so. I hope the more I think about God's relationship with me and how it's defined, then I'm able to reevaluate my whole life in light of his love. So remember that when the Lord says, I love you, he actually meant just that. 
there's the sign. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.